Hello and welcome aboard another episode of the Galan Says Podcast, available live only on Twitch, twitch.tv slash says. But if you're a podcaster, you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. I'm forgetting one. Twitch! Wait, no, that's this. What's the other one? Shit. Stitcher! Sounds like Twitch. Good job, Paul, remembering all the podcasts. You can also watch it on YouTube after the fact. Today is Tuesday, March 22nd of 2022. You can ask any question. We'll work it into the show. We got a question from Breezaholic. We will work it in in just a moment. I do want to start off with this. Now that we know Deshaun Watson's on the Cleveland Browns and we talked about it on Monday, for all the Houston folks out there, is it over? Can we move on? Do we ever have to talk about him again? Do we ever want to talk about him again? I don't know how many of y'all have watched the Charlton Heston movie, The Ten Commandments, which is one of those ones that I had on two VHSs back in the day. But there's a part where Moses is about to get exiled for killing some Egyptians or something. And this dude who is the Pharaoh says, I want his name stricken from pretty much wherever it can be stricken. Spoken word, any obelisks, monuments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I want that with Deshaun Watson. I just want to move on. I don't want to have to talk about him again. I suppose we do with whatever happens with him in Cleveland, with whatever happens at the press conference, with how dodgy the Browns are to any question that might be pointedly asked at them. Hey, do you have a soul? But I feel like now we've talked about this for a year. We can move on, right? How about that? How about that? I do have a question. Who has the worst quarterback situation right now? Is it the Houston Texans who are going into this coming season with second year player, former third round pick Davis Mills? Or is it the Seattle Seahawks who, as things currently stand, are going into the year with, I guess, Drew Locke as their quarterback? Geno Smith, who's facing a DUI charge, and if I'm not mistaken, said DUI may or may not have involved Geno being an asshole along the way. I guess he's the competition there. Yikes. I think Geno's not good at football. I understand that relative to injured Russell Wilson, it wasn't bad last year, but I don't want that. What's the worst situation between the two? So let's... Take a look. Stone Jam 206, probably the Hawks because Pete and John's egos about how they can find a quarterback. We're about to get into that. Breezaholic asks, what's up, Paul? Should the Seahawks, Paulie, should the Seahawks go for Baker or just try with Drew Locke and aim at next year? I know says I know Pete says they aren't tanking, but sure feels like the right direction. I think you gotta wait for a second. Maybe, just maybe, the Seahawks are supposedly were at a, um, they had, I think, a visit to a pro day for one uh, Malik Willis. Maybe not a pro day, but they they definitely have, check that. I can't speak a fucking word of English right now, so I apologize for that. But Pete Carroll, not Pete Carroll, John Schneider, I guess, was having an interview with Malik Willis at the NFL Combine, if I'm not mistaken. They don't make all the information public about who gets interviewed and who doesn't get interviewed. But if I'm not mistaken, John Schneider has talked with Malik Willis, who's the quarterback from Liberty. And there's a chance that Malik Willis will be available with the ninth pick, which the Seahawks now have. 
I'm going to take a look at the NFL draft order right now for 2022. As far as the teams that might be looking to perhaps trade up in said draft. So the Jaguars have the first pick. They got Trevor Lawrence. The Lions have the second pick. I don't think they like any of these quarterbacks enough to draft the quarterback. The Texans aren't going to take a quarterback. So you have the Giants and the Jets. The Jets are fourth and the Giants are fifth. Then you go a little bit further. The Giants are picking again at seventh and the Jets are picking at 10th. If the Giants want a quarterback, if the Giants want Malik Willis, there's a very good chance that the Giants are going to take him ahead of the Seahawks just because of the fact that they're picking twice. So I don't know if there's an option in the draft that the Seahawks could explore for a quarterback, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, Malik Willis falls to them at nine. And I'm curious as to if you would want them to take Malik Willis there. But it does feel like at this point in time, you're right. Like, they're tanking. And I think what's been very annoying, just as annoying as it is that Russell Wilson never says anything when he talks, it's been pretty annoying to see the Seattle Seahawks trying to put the ultimate spin job on the post-Russell Wilson era. This presents us with an opportunity. What? Stop. Here are some quotes said over the course of the past week by John Schneider, by Pete Carroll about Drew Locke. Schneider, Drew Locke, we really liked him coming out of college. He can move in the pocket, has a hose of an arm. We're really excited to get him into our culture, into our building. We'll continue to explore our options. What options do you really have? Trading for Baker Mayfield is one of them. But we have a ton of faith in Drew, so we're excited about it. We're excited about a change of scenery for him. I know a couple of my buddies who were trying to acquire him all last spring into the fall. He's a guy that, in my opinion, the media has beat down a little bit. <laughs> the media has beat down a little bit. <laughs> we're excited to get him into our culture with our coaching staff, and we'll continue to look for guys to compete with him. Gino did a nice job for us. There's a number of guys who are still available and we'll continue to work through that. All right, let's pause for a second and, and dissect some of what John Schneider had to say. And um, Blue Devils 3 asks, Paul, please tell me the consensus on the title in your question is the Texans. I'm going to put up a poll on Twitter, at Galan says afterwards, so we can determine it. But I honestly feel like the Texans quarterback situation is better than the Seahawks going forward. Here's why. Yes, Davis Mills, not exactly the sexiest pick, but who would you rather have, Davis Mills or Drew Locke? I don't think that's up for debate. You'd rather have Davis Mills. You don't know what Davis Mills is. Drew Locke was playing on a, on a Broncos team that had some good weapons there. Had Noah Fant there. Noah Fant comes to Seattle with him. Had Cortland Sutton there. A little bit banged up coming off of the injury going into this past season. Jerry Judy, who got hurt last year, too. I feel like he's had a lot to work with in Denver. And we did see one game, if you were in Houston, where Drew Locke absolutely carved up the Houston Texans. It was like the Kareem Jackson revenge game. But that's really the high watermark for Drew Locke. The media has beat down Drew Locke a little bit. I guess you can say that, but you've also said that the media was making up rumors about Russell Wilson being traded. So I'm annoyed by that commentary. And I took John Schneider and Pete Carroll's side during the entirety of last offseason with all the Russell Wilson drama. Is he going to go somewhere? Is he going to force his way out of town? Here is what Pete Carroll had to say about one drew lock if he plays like he did early on i think we've got a shot you go back to his first year when he was balling as a rookie when he was four and one his third down numbers were terrific taking care of the football really well for whatever reason the coordinator left at through that time times changed for him and he didn't play to that same level so exactly what we have evaluated the process that we evaluated he showed john stayed with it and followed him all the way through his career and we've watched it happen we still think he's the guy and so we'll see and maybe they're right. 
this is a organization that has gone to the pro days of one Patrick Mahomes of Josh Allen, but I'm sure they've also gone to pro days of quarterbacks, even with Russell Wilson under center of guys who aren't that good. And we'll see if Trey Lance actually ends up being something. Going a little bit further. The numbers and stuff show he's going to have a great run in his career. <laughs> what? Again, Pete's so goddamn positive, it's frustrating. And the next few years didn't work out very well. He battled his tail off and competed his tail off, but it hasn't worked out. Is this a second chance for Drew Locke? Heck yeah, it is. Ugh. It's an absolute clear second chance for him to show to take us back to where we knew him to be, and we'll find out. Pete also had this to say. We look at this like... Every other year, we're still trying to build a championship frickin' football team. He said frickin' a lot in the press conference right now. There's no future. We'll do it somewhere down the road. We don't think like that. Well, Drew Locke is a lottery ticket. He's a lottery ticket. He's nothing more than that. Why are you trying to spin us on this? We just threw, went through this this bullshit last offseason where you guys were acting like there wasn't a situation with Russell Wilson, and now, oh, it's an opportunity to move on from Russell Wilson. Can you please spare us the bullshit? How about saying, look, he struggled. We'll see. Oh, we really feel good about him. Why do you need to say that? Why do you need to make some sort of commitment like that? It feels like it's lying. Pete had this to say, too, and I know a lot of the Let Russ Cook Brigade got pissed off about this. What we need in our offense is the same thing we've always needed, whether it was Carson Palmer or Russell Wilson. We need a point guard. We need a guy that plays the game and moves the football around to the guys that are open and does all of the things that manages the game so that we can play great football. Blah, 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 blah. Look, the definition of point guard has changed in both basketball and in, I would imagine, football, too, if you're going to use this kind of comparison. Because a point guard... A point guard is the guy who is going to have the ball the most in the NBA. But these days, you can have a point forward. You can have a point center, essentially. Generally, your best player, you want him to be able to handle. Score two, but you want him to have great handles. Every single quarterback needs to be more than a point guard these days. You can't just be Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo has no place in today's NBA as far as what kind of a player he is. Yes, in the playoffs, he's great. But can he shoot? No. You need a guy who can shoot. Most point guards, at least by the definition that I think Pete Carroll is thinking of, do not qualify there. So it's annoying seeing this. I think that the Texans situation at quarterback is a better one than the Seahawks. I think that the Texans, because they have not just the two first round picks this year, but the two first round picks the year after that, and the two first round picks the year after that, they have the ability to package like three picks to move up in the, in, the, in the draft the same way that we just saw the San Francisco 49ers do. Say there is a guy that they like either in uh, next year's draft class because I don't expect them to draft the quarterback in this year's draft class or the year after that. They could potentially, I don't know, maybe trade one of their first-round picks for a first-round pick next year, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like not only do the Texans have the better guy as far as upside right now, but they also have in future draft picks the ability, say it doesn't work out, to unplug and plug something else in. You know, the Seahawks got some of their draft picks back that they got rid of for Jamal Adams. And I mean, that's splendid. They have one first round pick this year. They have two next year. They have two seconds next year. But I think right now that the Texans are in a better spot. Just for right now. Again, both situations are fucking awful. And I do not want to watch either of these teams on a regular basis on Sundays this coming fall. I don't. Sorry, don't. I will. I'll watch it, but I don't want to see it. Uh, what other questions? Um, let's read some of the comments here. 
I'm an idiot, says uh, Blue Devils 3. Well, I'm the biggest idiot. I could barely read at the beginning of this. I meant Seahawks. I thought it said better quarterback situation. Okay. Yeah, it's a worse situation right now. You're, you're trying to spin Drew Locke. Uh, Blue Devils 3 says, watch Mills highlight video from his rookie year, and you see tons of examples of him making tough throws at weird arm angles and tight windows. He's got the arm talent. I agree with you on that. There was a throw, I want to say it was against either the Browns, maybe it was against the Panthers, I forget which game, where he threw a ball like 70 yards. And I was like, whoa. And again, who ma- that doesn't matter. You know, we've seen Kyle Bowler do that. Who gives a shit? But I remember seeing that, and I was like, oh, okay. This isn't terrible. Now, I have to go back and watch this entirety uh, of the past year to see what he is good at, what he isn't good at. But I didn't hate watching Davis Mills that much. And I did like Drew Locke in that game he played against the Texans. And I used to be like, okay, well, let's see what happens. But last year, he had plenty of guys around him. Um, to do, 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 do. <laughs> Braden Sim. This has to do with our radio show earlier today. So, Paul, today I learned Vanessa likes when her dates eat out. Yeah, she likes her dates to eat food. She did not mean anything up, anything by that. And I think the big problem that both Vanessa and I have on the radio show is that we will sometimes say things that either can be puns or can be interpreted as sexual innuendo, and we won't even think about it until like five seconds after the fact. But then again, I mean, who doesn't who doesn't like their date to eat out? If you will. Who doesn't like that? Isn't that kind of a standard expectation in dating these days? Where you do to your lover as you would like your lover to do unto you? Huh? I feel like that's just an obvious expectation in dating. Guess what? Oral sex is good. But Vanessa was not talking about that. Even though we all busted her ass for that in the middle of the show. Uh, Braden Sim says, sorry, I haven't been as active with the show. I've been working. So you guys have been on in the background while I work. Well, we appreciate you listening. You don't have to be, you don't have to contribute all the time. You know that the radio show that we do now, it's in the lunchtime hour. It's a little bit difficult to talk and to interact with, but this show, I would like to see more people interact with it. And I'm trying to figure out how to do that. Uh, I know right now that the ideal time for me is three o'clock gives me some time to get back from work, to do some errands, et cetera, over the course of the afternoon and gives me a little bit of time to put some notes down before I go off and just completely ramble on a tangent. Because at this point in time, I feel like we're not getting enough comments in the comments section to make it turn into an ask a lot, anything kind of show every single day. I would be intrigued to see if the Texans, excuse me, not the Texans, the Seahawks go after um, Baker Mayfield. In fact, I think that they should, but I don't think they should be too aggressive because there is no reason for them to be aggressive right now. The Browns have zero leverage when it comes to Baker Mayfield. He doesn't want to be there. He's going to make things a pain in the ass just given the way that he is, his nature over the coming, I would imagine, um, days, weeks. So if you're the Seahawks, and I wonder if they were the team that did this, and someone suggested that they might have done it, one of my um, Twitter followers, they should tell the Browns, look, we'll take Baker off your hands, but we want a draft pick along the way. For those who don't remember, the Texans were so sick of Brock Osweiler after one year and his contract, which was a two-year guaranteed deal. It was in total four years, $72 million, that they decided to trade Cleveland a second-round pick for them to take Brock Osweiler. And Brock did not last very long as starter of the Cleveland Browns. I hope, by the way, that Brock Osweiler is doing well in whatever life he is in. Perhaps he is the new Batman. He does look a little bit like Robert Pattinson. All right, I have a general NFL question before we wrap things up with a television show that I've watched that I really feel like all of you should watch. And it's a cartoon. But we'll get to that later. 
The Indianapolis Colts, I feel like, have stepped up to the top of the AFC South, which is really not saying anything because the AFC South is a garbage division. But by bringing in Matt Ryan, who I feel like can give them comparable play to what they got from Phillip Rivers a couple of years ago, nothing great, definitely some limitations, but clearly an upgrade over Carson Wentz, who no one in that locker room respects. And I think that the Colts are now at the top of the AFC South. Again, who cares? It's really nothing special at all. You're not special. You're on top of the worst division in the AFC. And like the Titans do deserve a lot of credit last year for going 13 and three, excuse me, 13 and four for having the number one seed in the AFC, despite all the injuries that they went through, especially the injury to Derrick Henry. That was a really tough football team last year. I'll even admit it as someone who cannot stand Titans fans. It was an impressive run during the regular season. But then the playoffs happened. And Ryan Tannehill shit away that game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Three interceptions. They were pulverizing Joe Burrow. Nine official sacks. 11 technically if you count two sacks that took place on dead plays. I think one was a delay of game. I think another one might have been a false start. They were brutalizing him all game and they still lost. And in his first year without Arthur Smith, now the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, we saw that Ryan Tannehill was not quite as good as he used to be. Is that saying he is a bad quarterback? No. But you know he was the one thing holding you back last year if you're Tennessee. And they should have known that because at the Texans-Titans regular season finale, your boy was heckling the Titans bench saying, everyone knows you're the only thing holding your team back. It's you, Ryan. It's you. Classic Aggie. Sorry to all the Aggies out there, but I mean, he's a wide receiver. Probably should, you know, go back to that. See what happens. I'm just kidding at this point in time. But it would have been funny if we all actually, you know, to get a little bit of consistency from Bill Polian, who wanted Lamar Jackson to switch to wide receiver, if he asked for Ryan Tannehill to go back to wide receiver. I would have liked it. Whatever the case. The Titans can clearly do better than Ryan Tannehill. They still could do better. I would take Baker Mayfield over Ryan Tannehill. I feel like you could maybe point at last year and the injury that he was playing through, which was a shoulder to his, an injury to his non-throwing shoulder. I feel like you could point at Baker Mayfield and say, okay, give him A.J. Brown. Maybe Robert Wood's now aboard. Maybe it'll be different this coming season for Baker with a great running game behind him. He was in a pretty good situation in Cleveland when it comes to the running game, too, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But maybe Baker Mayfield would give you more than Ryan Tannehill because you know what you're getting with Tannehill. You have reached the ceiling, and now the ceiling is starting to crumble. So why didn't Tennessee go after anybody? And let's just go through a list of quarterbacks across the NFL. Let's go from the top of the standings to the bottom. Is this team working with a better quarterback than Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Packers, duh. Buccaneers, duh. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. The Titans, who were 12-5 and five last year, thank you for correcting me, NFL.com, obviously have Tannehill. I mean, third best team in the NFL record-wise. Eh, not bad with Ryan Tannehill, but again, he's holding you back clearly in a conference that has as many good quarterbacks as it does. Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, duh. Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, he's better. Matt Stafford, Los Angeles Rams. Better. Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills. Better. Kyler Murray, Arizona Cardinals. Better. Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals. Better. 
Derek Carr, Las Vegas Raiders, better. Mac Jones, New England Patriots, eh, maybe. You would expect it by the end of this coming season that Mac Jones will be better definitively than Ryan Tannehill. Jimmy Garoppolo, San Francisco 49ers. That's a tough one. I'm going to say that they're even. Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Congratulations, we finally found a team that has a worse quarterback situation with a winning record last year than the Tennessee Titans. Jalen Hurts, I think there's an argument to be made for Ryan Tannehill over Jalen Hurts as a passer, but Jalen Hurts as a guy that I think his teammates have belief in, I think for right now, they're winning there. Matt Ryan and the Colts, better. Jameis Winston and the Saints, I would say slightly better, but slightly, very slightly, and it really depends on what you want. Tannehill's a very good game manager. In the past, he did not turn the football over. Jameis Winston loves to turn the football over. Tua Tagovailoa in Miami, uh, Tannehill's better than Tua Tagovailoa, at least as things currently stand. Justin Herbert, Herbert's better. Kirk Cousins, Cousins is better. Baker Mayfield, there's an argument to be made on either side. As I said before, Lamar Jackson, obviously better. And then we get to the bottom of the league, and we're talking about the Commanders and Carson Wentz and the Seahawks and Drew Locke, the Falcons. Jeez, Marcus Mariota. He's a starting quarterback again. And that's where things get a little bit worse. But Russell Wilson's better. And we continue to go down the list. Uh, Tannehill's better than Justin Fields. The Panthers' QB situation sucks. So do the Jets, the Giants, the Texans, the Lions. And Trevor Lawrence, uh, you can argue that Ryan Tannehill is better than Trevor Lawrence as things currently stand right now. But the Titans stood pat at quarterback. Oh, let's look at the conference quarterbacks again. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Derek Carr, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. Did I say Justin Herbert? There are so many better quarterbacks in the AFC than Ryan Tannehill. So why the fuck didn't the Titans get one? Here I am, caping for Titans fans out there. You poor, persecuted people that are stuck with Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback. He is holding you back. He's not terrible. He's not bad. He's average to above average. But why did you decide to stand pat here? You had an opportunity in front of you. You saw quarterback musical chairs taking place, and you did nothing. I don't get it. Do you really feel like it's going to be a different result next year? The best that you did was getting to the AFC Championship game with... Derrick Henry helping you in that first round of the playoffs against New England, second round of the playoffs against the Ravens, but you went up against the Chiefs. What firepower was Ryan Tannehill giving you over the course of that game? He was not giving you nearly enough. You have been as far as you will go with Ryan Tannehill. It was to the AFC Championship game. It deserves a lot of credit. That was really hard to do. But you're just standing pat at quarterback and wasting everybody's time next year. So, something I observed... And I feel like if you are the Titans, why not go after Baker Mayfield? Spin the tires on him, because I don't think you're going to have to give up much to get him away from Cleveland. So there you go. Those are my sports takes on today's Gallant Says podcast. I did start watching a new television show. And for those who don't know, I am a little bit nerdy. I do like me some anime. Do I still watch anime from time to time? Eh, I have watched Dragon Ball Super. Not going to lie. Put it on in the background while I'm doing laundry. Put it on in the background while I'm doing the dishes or something like that. If I've run out of podcasts to listen to, why not? It's kind of funny. Brings you back to your childhood a little bit. I'd seen 
in the wake of the television show The Boys, which is one of my favorite ones, it's on Amazon Prime, which is a TV show about superheroes, except for the superheroes are decidedly human. And they're all kind of assholes, which is not that surprising, right? I mean, just like with star athletes becoming assholes, a superhero becoming an asshole, that seems realistic to me. Sort of like the new Batman movie. A little bit realistic from the perspective of, okay, he, he, he like hates his life and he's basically on a death wish every single time that Robert Pattinson Batman goes out. I don't care what happens to me. I don't care if I live or die. Something's in the way. But in the same ilk of The Boys, there's a TV show called Invincible. It is a cartoon and it has a star-studded cast of voices which again it's a cartoon does it really matter you will actually recognize all of the voices hell the guy who is from rick and morty who does um rick's voice rick sanchez on rick and morty he even makes it appearances voice actors invincible it's really good you got steven yoon steven yoon for those who don't remember he was, um, oh shoot, how am I forgetting this? Steven Yoon character Walking Dead. I haven't watched The Walking Dead in a really long time. He plays on The Walking Dead. Glenn, R.I.P. You got J.K. Simmons. You got Mark Hamill. Sandra Oh. Zachary Quinto. Seth Rogen. And then you get some names that you don't really recognize. I do recognize Zazie Beetz, who is in Atlanta. Clancy Brown's in it. Jason Mansuka, so you might recognize from, uh, uh, shit, what's that show? With, uh, the league, he's on the league, plays Rafi, Walter Goggins. You got A-list actors all over the place here. I think it's really good. And I think you should check it out. Shit, you even got Carl from Family Matters on it. A lot of good voice actors, and I, I feel like at the same time, too, the show is surprising. Why is it surprising? Watch the first episode. When I first watched it, I thought to myself, man, this show is kind of slow. kind of seems like a lot of children's cartoons. There's not a lot of grit going on. There's nothing really special about it. Just watch. Watch until the end. And it's funny because they do this thing at the very end of the show, each episode, where you think the episode is done, they show the credits, and then they come back from the credits. The end of the first episode will just completely transform your opinion of the show. Because, you know, you watch it at first and you're like, okay, this is just, you know, your routine TV show. Just watch it till the end. You might like it if you're kind of a twisted fuck like me. So watch it. Invincible. It's on Amazon Prime if you have it. I highly recommend it. I, I very much enjoyed it. And I binge-watched the hell out of it last night. I was up until like 2 in the morning finishing it. Couldn't get out of it. Anyway, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Gallant Says Podcast. You can watch this live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Gallant Says, every single weekday at 3 o'clock central. That's how you get to interact with me. See the comments section to my left? This is how you talk with me. You got to join me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Gallant Says. This is how we recreate the most interactive sports talk show in Houston or in Seattle. Nay, the world. We do it here. Twitch.tv slash Gallant Says. But if you are a podcast person, 
The God Says Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You can also watch the whole thing on YouTube if you're more of a YouTube person. And if you haven't checked out the Vanessa and Galan radio program, you can do it. It's on every single weekday on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 from 10 until noon. Vanessa's a fantastic co-host. I've had a great first month on the air with her. So I encourage you to check that out. That show also has a podcast as well if you're into that. So until tomorrow on twitch.tv slash Galant says at 3 o'clock or on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 at 10 a.m., I am merely Paul Galant. So long, farewell, and have yourselves a wonderful Tuesday.